And now back to Lifeline. We are back. It is uh, Lifeline, the Truth For Today edition. Pastor Phil Howard, Dave Heckman, our guest this evening. Um, before the break, um, Dave, we were talking about the fact that, the, uh, by and large, the Trinity has been lost on the church. And I've, I've got to ask the question, as many are probably thinking it, uh, especially those who, who attend many of these churches. And I, I, I mean, like you said, it's a fandom. You, you can go to one denomination and all they have is the, 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 the dove. That's their symbol. You go to another denomination and all they have is the cross, and, and that's their symbol. Uh, we've got this fandom ideology, ideology of the, of the Trinity. Why is it important, especially in discipleship, to maintain a proper view of the Trinity, and how important is it to the gospel? Well, um, a Catholic theologian said salvation is the Trinity, and that's one part of the book that I was reading that I fully agreed with. Salvation (laughs) is the Trinity, because God the Father sent his Son on a rescue mission out of his affection and love for us. The Son agreed to that rescue mission, and on top of that, he agreed that we should be in union with him instead of our union, previous union with Adam. And our standing in him would become our acceptance, our moment-by-moment acceptance with the Father. So the doorway is open to the Father through our union with Christ, and the beauty of it is this salvation and deliverance becomes super practical because as we relate to the Father, the Spirit of God begins to make us Christ-like after the pattern of Jesus Christ himself and pours the life of Christ into us. Each member of the Trinity is working for our benefit in a different way. And in a sense, it's those relationships that define our spiritual life, union with Christ, empowerment by the Spirit of God, as we relate to God the Father, but it's a relational reality. And unfortunately, in fandom Christianity, the inherent relationships of the Holy Spirit, of the inherent relationships of the Trinity are ignored, while in, in the Bible, those relationships are in every other verse. And, and the Bible teaches us, the New Testament particularly, teaches us how to relate to them. In the Head to Heart program, the largest portion of the 22 weeks of that program, it's a long program, serious program, the largest portion is dedicated to understanding and relating in a healthy way to each member of the Trinity. Well, I think with your emphasis and me being in that class, uh, the, the way you talk about the Trinity and the three members uh, of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. In a way, David, uh, you, I, I think you kind of ruined the paradigm of church because most people go to church to feel guilty. And uh, I heard a guy say that, I don't want to go to church, I'm already guilty. Because 
by the time you unpackage a triune God that the Father says, I love my enemies so much. I, while we were yet enemies of Christ, and that's an act of hate there. I, it broke my right. heart when I looked at that Romans 5, 9. I thought, you know, I rejected coming to Christ, but I never, I could never imagine saying I hated him. He said, no, you were in that category. You, you, you hated me. But it just takes the club out of our hands. You know, I've got the pulpit. Uh, I could tell you people everything you failed to do and, uh, you know, just get them guilty. But what you're saying sounds like good news. It, it, it sounds, it almost sounds like gospel. Well, it is gospel. And if somebody were to say, what is justification by faith? It boils down to second by second, God the Father accepts us second by second the way he accepts his own son. And that is liberty indeed. And when a person emotionally feels that, my goodness, their heart blossoms with spiritual health. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, the romance returned. And and isn't there something when he told Ephesus, uh, you, you you hate the Nicolaitans, uh, you're full of good works, you just fell out of love with me. Uh, you got sound Christianity, you, you've just taken the romance out of it. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we've seen that. And, and one of the problems is, is that because of the poverty-stricken nature of a lot of our churches, what they'll say is agape love is an act of the will. You can tell your heart to love. Well, tell that to a teenager. Tell that to a couple in, 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 in love with each other. They don't have to tell their heart to love. Their heart is filled with love, and they're telling their will to follow and take care of what they love. Hmm. Love, agape love, is a profoundly emotional experience, and those who have very little of it will will say, well, we know it, we choose it, but that is not New Testament. New Testament is an experience of God the Father's love. He doesn't pour information into our hearts in the book Romans chapter 5 the spirit of god pours the father's love into our hearts yes and when something's yes. poured it's not information it's sort of like water that envelops us and i love that verse that um i used to take it my love for the father but of course it's talking about his love for me and for his children. And by the yeah. way, uh, David, I just uh, been reading a book that was giving staggering statistics of how many children in America are growing up without a father. Single mothers raising children. Uh, and I have such things going on in my own family. Uh, the, the, the dads aren't there. They're gone, uh, maybe abandonment, maybe whatever. But 
to be able, I've seen people come to Christ when I've simply said, would you like to get the father you never had, the father that right. won't abandon you? Right. And some right. way it, it uh, touches the heartstrings like uh, nothing I've ever seen before because there's a famine for the father image, the father figure. And what well, a father that, we've got to present. And, and that's what really, uh, after I became a Christian, that's the thing that just fascinated me. Having a dad who's an alcoholic who's, you know, absent because of alcoholism, and then having the opportunity to be reparented by a father in heaven and feeling his protection, feeling his affection. Oh, my goodness. Then I could turn around and, with my two children, share with them what I've learned from God the Father. Not from my alcoholic dad, but share what I had with them from God the Father. Mm. And that, that I think, affected them in an extremely positive way. Um, It's just a marvelous thing. And that's the crime of fandom. Because everybody needs a parent, and God the Father's a good mother, God the Father's a good dad. He's got it all. Oh, yes. It, yes. It's, it, it's amazing, uh, again, uh, to kind of finish this segment where we started. We've got a lot of emphasis on either the Holy Spirit or Jesus in churches, but to represent a father— The only thing I can come up with is any kind of representation at all is a church that has Jesus still on the cross because the Father is still angry. And so you're limited. We we do need to take a quick time out, Dave. But when we come back, I I, want to continue this conversation and this theme because at the end of the day, as much as we say we love Jesus in American Christianity and as much as we'll acknowledge the Holy Spirit, you are right. The Father is strangely absent in most Christendom, yet it is the Father's great love for us that we read of in John 3.16. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Dave Ekman here on our Lifeline edition of KFAX. And it looks like we have Chuck and Vallejo who will join us as well online. If you'd like to join the conversation and get behind Chuck uh, in line, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888 367-5329. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center for another look at your commute. And now, back to Lifeline. This is Lifeline. It's Andy Froyland, Phil Howard, Dave Heckman. Tonight, we're talking about discipleship. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's, uh, it, let's take care of a phone call here because we have one on the line. Uh, and once we do, it'll it'll free up a line if you'd like to join the conversation. Triple eight F O R K F A X. Chuck and Vallejo, welcome to Lifeline, brother. Thank you for joining the conversation. You have a question for Pastor Dave or Doctor Dave? Pa- uh, doctor. I have a question for Doctor Dave. Uh, so I uh, I go to Valley Bible Church, and I was blessed in 1992 to sit under the preaching of Doctor Howard. Uh, and what I found, as you were talking about discipleship, uh, the, the preaching from the pulpit, I think, whets the appetite. When I got invited to Timothy Fellowship was where I felt like Pastor Phil was on the journey with me. He wasn't just shouting at me from the pulpit, but he was walking with me. Uh, 
now I'm in a position where I'm trying to disciple others. And I'm not a preacher, so I'm not preaching to anybody, and I haven't written any books like Dr. Ekman. How, how do I—what is the most effective method for mentoring people who don't live in your house and who you don't get to preach to? Uh, and I'm just uh, looking for ways to be more effective. Hmm. Dave? Well, um, this, this will sound wonderfully self-serving, but I'll go ahead and be self-serving. I'd okay. recommend uh, that you do what Philip did, which is to uh, take the head-to-heart program, because it would, would equip you to become a facilitator of small groups. Our small groups are never more than eight. And, and that'll give you a strategy to work with believers to help them to really be grounded in these truths. That, that would be a strong recommendation on my own part. We, we need a program that's solid and good. So head to heart. Uh, actually, one of the things I found is I think when I started growing the most was when I went through a methodical Bible study. I'm talking about understanding the, 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 the Trinity. When I got to understand that, I think God opened my heart up more. I wanted to learn more. And so I think I started to grow more. more the more I knew about the Trinity, the more I realized I needed to know. And I started to dig further. And so... Uh, Systematic theology was what opened me up to the truths uh, of a Trinity. Well, you, well you, you've you... done two things. You've done two things there. One is you you have um, said something wonderful about Pastor Howard. He's a biblical preacher who preaches the Trinity, which means he's a rare bird. But on the other hand, you also underscore the truth that what changes our heart is the experience of the Trinity, not learning about the Trinity. The Bible's the Word of God. It's inerrant. It's absolutely yeah. true. But it's there to create an experience and not just a bath in information. Yeah. Mm. Appreciate and that. And see, I Thank think you. something that uh, I've seen, uh, Chuck, is uh, I've had guys in the Timothy program, uh, uh, a a form of a discipleship curriculum, not uh, as sophisticated as the head to heart, but it was being taught by your your pastor, who uh, had one on one time with you. Uh, you weren't uh, flunked out just. Uh, you weren't just an academic project to give an A or a B to. Uh, I taught it as a pastor wanting you to fly in your Christian life, wanting your marriage to be uh, healthy, wanting your Timothy uh, to be. In other words, there's a lot more at stake as a teacher of this. You weren't just a project. You're a man I'm what is going to pastor. I wanted to see God use but I taught you the truths that would make your heart burn. And it took, it took, because you had the hunger and you applied yourself. And that's the key to it, Phil, is the fact that uh, 
this, uh, like you said, this isn't a project. We don't look at the people we are discipling as uh, notches on our belt. No. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chuck, thank you for calling in tonight. That's going to leave a line open at triple eight F O R K F A X. Um, uh, Dr. Ekman, you, you mentioned your program. Let's let's continue on with this selfish plug. How do people find you, and where is this program available? Is it something people can do online? If so, uh, how do we get in touch with you for this program? Well, it's pretty straightforward. We have a website dedicated to it called Head Number Two Heart dot org. Head Number Two Heart dot org and there the whole thing is laid out uh we're going back starting at the end of september to uh live group classes but quite frankly this thing with covid was a revolution for us because of zoom using zoom we would actually have groups with people from australia north america china taiwan Hong Kong. Now, we would put them into specific language groups, but also often the, the Asians would be able to speak fine English, so we'd have groups uh, mixed with um, North Americans, and so it's online, and you can either do it through Zoom and broaden your experience of the world, or you can meet in a group, and um, and we would do the training for the facilitators. It's all on our website, headtoheart.org. Head, head number two, heart.org. Thank you for asking. Oh, of course. You betcha. So with that, we're going to give you a chance to write that down as you worm your way through Get out of town traffic on a Friday night, and we'll pay some bills here at KFAX. Take a quick time out and do that, and we'll come back with our conversation as we continue on our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. It's off to the KFAX Traffic Center, another look at your commute. And now, back to Lifeline. We're just cooking along here. It is Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. And uh, we're talking about discipleship tonight. It's interesting, we were talking during the break, Phil, um, the fact that while you don't see the actual word for discipleship more often than not, the examples are rather replete in the New Testament, aren't they? They are there. I just uh, was looking today at Colossians, where Paul said in Colossians 1.24 that he was suffering and filling up in his flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. Now, he's not participating in his atoning sufferings, but in his ongoing suffering with his church, the lacks in his church, the uh, deficiencies. And I believe that still goes on even in the third heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then he said, I've joined up to help fill up those afflictions. And then he says, let me tell you the method I've used among you and see if this doesn't sound like discipleship. In verse 28, he says, he, Christ, is the one we proclaim. We would say the one you preach. Okay, pulpit ministry. And then he says, admonishing. uh, The J. Adams, newthetic word. 
and this one-on-one warning. Uh, I see this in your life. I want to address it. And teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we might present everyone fully mature in Christ. Notice what price he pays. To this end, I strenuously contend. And two words he uses. One was copios. I labor to the point of mental exhaustion. And the other one is I agonize, an athletic term. I'm in agony. I'm stretching myself to present you powerfully acceptable in the Lord. I have to say this. It is hard work for a pastor or anybody that wants to see people change. There's an agony to it. There's mental perspiration. Uh, and It's hard work. It's not a program. Can we get somebody to uh, be willing to suffer with people while they grow? Mm. Somebody to uh, pray over these people in their struggles. It's lifetime. And too many pastors have too much time on their hands that are not. uh, You know what I would say to you pastors? You could always be putting out fires. But I want to ask you. Where is the leadership training, the discipleship training? Howard Hendricks said every time he went to a church, he'd always ask the pastor, where are your leaders? And years ago, I started Timothy program in our church, which I did for 14 years, a three-year program of methodical Bible study, systematic theology, whatever, in the spiritual life. But it was the fact nobody was giving me leadership. They were giving me no mature men. And God said, it's your job. You've got to train them. And so all the deacons, all the elders came up through this training. And and they, they weren't men given authority who had not been at the feet of the Lord learning his word. And it involved preaching, admonishing, teaching, mm-hmm. agony. And a lot of sweat. You know, it's uh, to listen to you talk about all this, Phil, it, it takes me back to uh, Dave, our guest tonight. Um, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about discipling people and what that looks like on the disciplers or the disciplees end of things. Um, but it, as, as Pastor Phil just mentioned, Dave, this is a pretty thankless, selfless, hard thing to do for the disciple-er, uh, and, and, and it, it takes something greater than just uh, a desire to disciple, doesn't it? it this, if, if we are to love people, it requires a deep love for the one who loved us first, doesn't it? Well, it certainly does, and I'd like to share a thought that I left out, which is we have specialized head-to-heart groups for pastors, missionaries, and church leaders Pastor Philip was in one of those. And so to the pastors who are listening, that's an opportunity to see a a really solid discipleship program in action. Now, what are the rewards of this? There, There are two rewards that are profoundly moving. One is when a believer says, 
I'm no longer wondering if God the Father just puts up with me. I feel his affection, and that is changing everything within me. Mm. And that happens time after time. And when you see that, that brings, obviously, joy to the Trinity. But as an observer, you watch a life change right in front of you because they've connected with the divine. Then there's another thing that goes on, which is the Spirit of God is unleashed, meaning when we understand our union with Christ and begin to relate to the Father on the basis of that, we actually see what I would call New Testament transformational miracles in lives where people have experiences, profound experiences, that are uniquely their own. They're not canned. They're not produced by mass hysteria. They're produced by a, a connection with the Spirit of God who really touches their heart. The reward for somebody who's been loved by God the Father is to observe how the Father's love and the Spirit's intervention changes lives. That's the reward. As Philippians, as Paul said in Philippians, you are my crown of reward, my joy and my crown of reward. Just watching lives change. That's what pastoring is about, transformation. It, and when you say that, David, I, I remember hearing um, uh, Tim Keller one time He was giving a lecture on preaching, and he said, when you go to Christ, the Trinity, and this love relationship expressed by the Father, he said, it will always change the atmosphere for the believers. It it makes them want to um, bow in their heart. And as my Father would say, it makes your eyes stand in tears. You, it, um, mm. it, it puts the awe back into Christianity. Right. It, right. Just, it will change right. the environment. People will come to that local church not to be harassed or to be told what great sinners they are. Uh, I often say, if you grow up where I did, we didn't need too many sermons on depravity. We were already convinced. Uh, But we sure needed to hear sermons that said a great God could love such people as us. And that's the good news for all people. Yeah, I, I, I can testify to that from the prison ministry at Corcoran State Prison. I didn't need to talk to prisoners about their sin. They knew about it. (laughs) <laughs> they were already there. They needed the love of God in Christ. Oh, yes. Oh. They need the good news. The good news. <laughs> and that's just it, isn't it, Dave? We, what we're talking about is just that, good news. Not, not angry news, not convicting news, but good news. Yes. And, and it works wonders in the heart. Uh, I, I just, uh, discipleship to us is equipping uh equipping maturing growing in Christ growing in your knowledge of God but there was a great word in the Greek language that sometimes us Greek guys kid about the word epikonosko 
because First John uses it quite a bit, that it's an experiential knowledge. It's more than dictionary knowledge. Uh, you can send me a photograph of my wife and tell me the vital statistics and all like that. I still don't know her. If that's all the information I had, and uh, I have to say after 56 years, I'm still knowing and learning about this unique person. And just think of being in heaven forever, learning more Mm -hmm. and more about the motives and the rationale that in 2 Timothy 1, he said, this gospel, he thought of us in the beginning. Way in the beginning, we were on his mind. It's amazing. Uh, it is incredible. It really is. We've got one final time out, gentlemen, and we'll close this thing down in our final segment as we are talking about uh, discipleship here tonight with Dr. Dave Ekman, Dr. Phil Howard, here on our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. We're going to take another time out, check your traffic one last time, pay a few extra bills, and we will be back. It is off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We go now for that final look at your commute. And now, back to Lifeline. Jumping right back in it as we close out our time together tonight. Dave, first of all, because it's going to go super fast here in the last eight minutes, thank you so much for spending the evening with us. What a treat and a delight. And again, from my perspective, brother, it's been 15 years since you and I have spoken. And so to uh, to have that back again has been a real, tr- uh, real joy for me. And I do appreciate you spending time with us here tonight. Pleasure. Are you there? Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been a treat, and to share time with Philip is always a treat. Isn't it? At, uh, you know, I tell you what, you, we've been talking about discipleship here tonight, and I, I, I've, I've got to say, uh, you know, Phil and I were talking about this just before the program. You know, there there are theological points that we we both fall on the opposite sides of the spectrum on. Uh, but I tell you what, every without question, every single time we get together, it's all—it's not about our theological differences. It's about the Christ that we worship and serve. It's about the God that we belong to, and we incite one another to Pentecostalism every time we get together. <laughs> we, we, it is—it is always a chief delight of mine, and I think of Phil's as well when we get together because it always ends up about Christ. And we're always encouraging one another in Christ. And I think at the end of the day, that's the heart of discipleship. And, you know, Phil, during the break, we were talking about the fact that there are reasons why we do what we do as believers in Christ. And as I mentioned, you know, did Paul disciple these churches, the the church at Philippi, the church at Colossae, uh, the church at Ephesus, uh, because he was commanded? Possibly. Because he uh, he felt the mandate? It could be. But at the end of the day, and you look at these books, and you look at his writings, and you see the passionate, deep, undefiled love that he has for these people, and you begin to realize this is a, this is a love relationship. He is discipling because he's got a passionate love for him, born from the King of Heaven. Born, and listen to what he said, just as a nursing mother cares for right. our children so we cared for you because yeah. we loved you so much we were delighted 
to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And you read so many passages in the New Testament. Follow me as I follow Christ. You know, we kind of joke as preachers, uh, do what I say, not Not what what I I do. do. Paul said, do what I do. And the peace of God, Philippians 3.8. Do what I do, not just pray. Imitate what you saw in me, Timothy, and you will have a life of peace. You may wind up in jail, but you'll be in jail with peace because the fruit of the Spirit will be present. And, you know, I like to say before the Lord how I thank God that uh, I never came up on uh, Navigator's material, a discipleship program. I I just, uh, I was privileged uh, with some very common kind of people. My my father and my, I had an older sis and I had an older brother. I just saw they loved Christ, um, how they loved books, they loved the Bible. Uh, how faithful they were. You know, I didn't have some professional trained person disciple me, mm. but I had some common folks uh, that were conquered by Christ uh, in love with Jesus till their dying day. And I want to thank all of you uh, wonderful Christians out there that, that have lived it before your neighbors, your children, uh, your associates, your wonderful church members. Uh, don't take for granted that you're modeling your love for Christ, your givers, your servants. Uh, sometimes the church can be an enemy to your growth because we can keep you busy without seeing you grow. Be sure you grow. Be sure you learn his word and stay at his feet. Serve as a joy, not as a have to. But I want to thank God for all you faithful people out there Mm. that are living it because you've been conquered by Christ. Mm. I thank God for you. I thank God for the wonderful people in my life. And like David and I, we've been talking the book of Romans and Scripture back and forth over 50 years. And and we're we're no different than 50 years ago. We just want to know him. Mm. We just want to follow him. We're not... We're not playing at it. He conquered us. And David, I appreciate the great stimulation and enjoyment you've been all these years. I've seen Christ in you. Well, thank you. Thank you. The fellowship of Christ is the most precious thing in life. And it's been a joy, Philip, to share that with you, to share that with Andy and like-minded brothers and sisters. Amen, amen. Amen and amen. And uh, to add my two cents as we wrap things up here tonight on Lifeline, you know, I've been a part of KFAX since 2001. Wow. Uh, 20 years. 20 years. I've been uh, privileged to be a part of this radio station. And along the way, uh, I've had the joy of ministering the gospel here on Lifeline. And... um, you know, it's not something I do because I get kicks out of being on the radio, although I do. It's not something I do because they pay me, although they have. Um, and, and and many times they haven't. 
Uh, that's not, never been the issue. I, I, I shared this with you, Phil, uh, during the break. Uh, Philippians 1.8 is one of the verses that I've, I've lived by for so long. I resonate with Paul on this one. He, he says, For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. When the God of this universe takes up residence in your heart, you cease to be a lone ranger. It is a journey that you take now that involves others. And you, the audience here on Lifeline, has been you've been a major part of this. We do what we do around here because of you. We long to see you grow in Christ. We long to see you mature in Christ. Are we the end-all, be-all for your growth? No, nowhere near. But we are a small part. As God has directed and led us to be a part of your lives, we are grateful that uh, you have taken the opportunity to to avail yourself of the time that we have here together on Lifeline, on the other programs that run throughout the day here on this radio station. It's all a small part. And, you know, there are things that will go on on the backside but, uh, of your woofers and tweeters out there. But as you listen to us each and every day, it is our earnest hope and prayer that you grow in Christ and that you find yourself encouraged in the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that has been our hope and prayer all along here on KFAX. And uniquely and specifically, as Pastor Phil Howard joins you every uh, fourth Friday of the month, it's always a joy to be able to spend time with you. For Pastor Dave Ekman, Pastor Phil Howard, and myself, I want to thank you for spending the evening with us as we have discussed leadership and discipleship and what it means to follow hard after Christ. It's our prayer that you do that and that you continue to grow in Christ and your love for Him. Thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. Look forward to joining you again next time. And until then, God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.